Mr. Strongman, how's it going? All good, my brother. How are you doing? Doing well. It's been a while. Yeah, we are two weeks late. And I think that we will probably be doing one episode per month for the next few months. Given that I recently got engaged and I'm launching a startup. So I've been extremely busy, extremely busy. And there's not enough time to record and edit a podcast and what have you. But we'll be back to our regular schedule in a couple of months. For now, one episode per month is the way to go. Absolutely. How's it been like planning for the wedding? It's been a bit hectic. Weddings are expensive, time-consuming, and so are women. And yeah, that's pretty much it, you know. The are you having any arguments the... With, the, with the other leading up to the wedding? So the girl is a lot like me. She doesn't care about this whole wedding stuff per se. She's more into the time after the wedding. But the wedding is a bit of a formality and you have to do it in India and you have to do it properly because let's say you don't invite somebody or you forget to invite one person, then they hold it against you for the rest of their life. You mentioned that. Was there ever a time where you thought you were going to get invited to a wedding, but you didn't? You and oh, yeah. your family? So a couple of days ago, right, a friend I know got married and I wasn't invited. In the mm. sense, he's not a friend friend. He's just a guy I know. But I was still expecting a, a, an invite to his wedding. And I was like, okay, I was a bit surprised to not get it. And then I was like, yeah, okay, fuck that guy. <laughs> Are you going to invite him to your wedding? I don't, I'm not petty like that. Of course, I'm going to invite him. But my point is, I still notice it, right? It's not something that doesn't matter in our culture. In our culture, people notice this type of stuff and they feel a bit snubbed off. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a rude thing to do to not invite someone at your wedding. Yeah, I've been thinking about this and I do get your perspective more. I believe our episode, four episodes ago, I was saying, eh, forget it. It's not a big deal. But I could definitely see where culture is so important, why weddings are so important, and who you invite and who you don't invite. It's something that is registered in someone's memory. Where here, since the culture is so decentralized, if you don't invite someone to your wedding, a lot of people will be relieved. But the more important that culture is, I could see why people would feel snubbed. I think in your country right now, right, there's... The culture is very isolated and disconnected in the sense people don't people don't care about each other and don't think about each other. It's it's very anonymous. For example, let's say you, Arman, you could be bringing like random chicks to your apartment doing whatever you want, snorting cocaine, and I don't think your neighbor is going to care. I, I would be very, very surprised if your neighbor said, hey, what are you doing, brother? Come on, man. That's not a good thing to do. Right. And if they but, did, uh, if they did reprimand me, then I'd feel a certain type of way. Yeah, you'd be like, hey, what the fuck? This is none of your business. It's my life, you know? Exactly. But that is not how traditional societies are like. In traditional societies, people know each other. They talk to each other. They are connected to each other. And all of these relationships, they kind of, you know, they police each other in a way. I mean, you, sh you this shame certain behaviors. But it also is good on a macro level because that means we have fewer drug users, lesser degeneracy, and what have you. The more anonymous a society becomes, the more degeneracy it accumulates because people can do whatever they want without feeling shame. And of course, there are pros and cons to both things in the sense 
you have more freedom but the freedom comes at the cost of you being free to destroy your own life and i mm-hmm. could make the argument that that's good and i can make the argument that, that that's bad so i don't have a definite answer on which culture is better but all i can say is that in our culture the cyber stuff matters yeah and i think it depends on your priorities at the moment too if you're someone that's really evaluating ambition and you want to just be independent at this stage of life then you're one of these guys that doesn't necessarily want society observing every single one of your moves because you're trying to experiment more but if you're in that stage right now that you're getting into where you're about to get married eventually have kids now the, the society being invited to your life helps more because i heard in your culture a lot of like the concept of babysitters and nannies aren't even a thing right your um your parents will take care of your kids if you and the wife ever decide to go on a date of course yeah so so how common is the concept of nannies and daycares over there no one in most families would feel comfortable leaving their kid alone with a stranger very very mm-hmm. few people do that and the people who do that are extremely rich and typically very westernized so they are more western than western people themselves in some way i know of cases and i know quite a few very rich people including many celebrities and these guys are typically not in town and what happens is they will hire a maid to look after the kid and the kid is going to grow up around the maid for months and months and months see the maid for 7 8 hours a day and eventually start thinking the maid is the mother mm-hmm. and they will eventually start calling the maid mom which will really really piss off their actual mom but the kids don't care about their actual mom they, they you know with the actual mom they they don't know that person so well because they don't the actual mom doesn't spend much time around the kid and when the kids are mad at their actual mom or something or they want to complain about it they will go to the maid <laughs> look mommy what she's saying <laughs> and a lot of the times the mom will take out the aggression on the maid what did you yeah, do to they... brainwash my kids to call you mom yeah the maids get fired the moment the kid starts calling the maid mom the maids are gone like that's it like you're fired bitch mm-hmm. but it's really the mom's fault you know like you are not around for your own kids what is the kid supposed to do like yeah this is just my caretaker my actual mom is there who never talks to me mostly mm-hmm. out of town only sees me for one hour a day no i mean the kid is like a it's a kid you know it doesn't differentiate like that whoever gives him the most affection is going to be his mom mhm i heard that's how it works with baby ducklings as well if they see a human and that's the first thing that they ever see they just follow the human around so baby ducklings and kids aren't that different the is it? attention that's what i heard the attention especially at a young age is important i mean up until age 7 is when the subconscious mind is absorbing the most so if you're not active in your kid's life up until age 7 then it's going to have an effect on them interesting I mean, i'm not well mm-hmm. versed about the stuff i can like as someone who's never been a parent yet mm-hmm. i mean i can't say for sure but it seems very plausible i i would agree with you yeah um i have this one friend he's palestinian and he married a spanish girl and they've been married for 4 to 5 years 
And at this point, they're getting pressure from both sides of the family. When are you going to have kids? And the thing with them is that they're both really busy with their careers. So they want to have kids, but they were, they're hesitant. So as I was talking to the guy, I said, well, I mean, you do know you don't have forever, right? I mean, what's stopping you? And that's when he said, man, these daycare prices, bro. Because here's the thing. My parents and my wife's parents live so freaking far away. So who's going to take care of the kid when me and my wife are both at work? Because we both have to work. We're not making money like that. And since we're not making money like that, we're looking at the daycare prices. And some of them go up to $1,500 per month. And now he's over here overthinking that. So that's been one of the factors that's been making him delay having a kid. That's a crazy reason to not have kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. I get it. I mean, I truly understand where he's coming from. When I say it's a crazy reason to not have a kid, I mean, societally, like people are not able to have kids because there's not enough money going around and both people have to work to be able to afford a daycare. Come on, man. Like, does that make sense societally? That's bullshit. Right. I've been noticing the concept of breadwinners uh, have been dying out more recently. D do you know what a breadwinner is? I think you mean that one person in the family earns enough for everybody. Yeah. Inflation is killing that. You know, I was reading this thing. It's called, it was a study on how the prices of college degrees have risen up. And so has the price of housing. But the salaries on, you know, a real level have stayed constant in the sense that you could buy just as much food with $1 some years ago as you can with $10 today. The value of the dollar has declined quite a bit, but salaries have remained relatively stable. And the costs for land, that is, you know, a house and a college degree has gone up. Earlier, you could be working in a factory and you could have money to buy a house and support a family of, you know, you, your wife, your kids, etc. on one factory man's salary. Mm -hmm. And today, the fuck can you do with a factory job? You literally cannot survive alone. It doesn't pay anything, man. And that's just one part of it. The other part is that, did you notice that everywhere nowadays asks you to tip? I, I'm getting really annoyed by everyone asking me to tip. It's just starting to annoy me now. Yeah, because whenever people think of inflation, they think of just the dollar losing its purchasing uh, uh, value. But the other part are the soft uh, costs that are increasing. And two of them is, one, the mainstreamification of the tip button, where everyone is asking you to tip now. And two, are homeless people getting more aggressive? Like, they really want the money. And so these are two ways where nowadays, if you're not making six figures... I mean, in a lot of places, you should be worried. I mean, you got to make six figures. Um, but yeah, man, what's up with the, the tip button uh, being just mainstreamed out of nowhere? Before, it used to just be for haircuts, valet, and fancy restaurants. Nowadays, literally, bro, I went to purchase chewing gum recently. I go into the convenience store. I pick up the chewing gum myself. I'm checking out. And then they ask, tip? I'm like, tip for what? You didn't do anything. It's like a tax, you know, hidden tax. 
it's what up, happens man. if you don't tip for something like that what happens if you don't tip are you thought of as rude or is it like a fox pass what have you um so in a place like that you um going to a convenience shop i you're not supposed to tip for something like that this is clearly someone that's trying to be greedy but if you go to a restaurant now it becomes a debate where if you go to let's say one of those places where you get a bowl and they ask you for a tip it's like mm, you didn't really do that much so i don't know if i should give you a tip right now if you go to a fancy restaurant you're expected to tip but if you're going to one of these semi fancy spots it's more subjective and the thing is if you spend a sunday where you go to 3 to 5 activities let's say you're getting your car cleaned you're going to get coffee you're going to eat you're getting a haircut these are four spots that you're expected to tip nowadays so just like that you're spending an additional 10 to 20 dollars that you weren't initially expecting to spend so nowadays you have to make a lot more money otherwise you can't even just survive in society yeah that's completely crazy man in the sense for example if you take a restaurant right mm-hmm. at your restaurant what is the salary for the waiter being paid for i mean if you have to give him a tip then why is he earning a salary it's a restaurant job to pay him not our job as someone buying food to pay him if you get my drift many restaurants in india they have a policy they don't accept it even if you try to give them tip they will not take it is this is this trend dying down nowadays with the mainstreamification of the tip button or is this still intact it depends on the restaurant some restaurants will not accept a tip for example there is a barbecue place uh, i forget its name one sec let me think mm, let me let me just google the name one sec okay i want to give these guys a shout out because of their good policy mhm mm, this is going to lead to the cold war zone where a lot of people yeah. are going to go ahead go ahead go and sorry it's called the barbecue nation and i had had some barbecues there it's pretty cheap it's like $12 for unlimited food unlimited meat i was like what the hell $12 unlimited <laughs> unlimited you can eat literally as much as you want that's an amazing and the menu yeah. is very very diverse it's like maybe 20 items mm-hmm. and i paid them 900 something rupees which is $12 about maybe a little less than $12 and shockingly they, they didn't accept it they're like we So you can leave us a Google review if you like, but we cannot accept it. We are not allowed to accept it. Mm. And the waiters were dressed in, you know, suits and what have you. So they were being paid pretty well. They had mm-hmm. smiles on their faces, and I was pretty happy with my experience. Of course, you know, it's a cheap barbecue, so you know the food is going to be a bit oily and not, not the most healthy oils are going to be used in it. But right. if you're on a budget, you want to eat quite a bit of protein. an interesting place to go to it'll fill you up it'll fill you up i'm used to barbecuing stuff myself i have grill and you know i can just grill whenever i want whenever whatever i want but mm-hmm. on that particular day there were too many people and no one wanted to do the barbecuing process <laughs> with so many people on a mini grill <laughs> oh, so you went with the crew yeah i went with some of my friends if you go with the crew then you're expected to tip and you're expected to tip a lot they did not accept tips mm see that is see these are the places that are going to win in the upcoming generation because right now these places that are not accepting tips 
among other business owners, they're seen as jokes. They're like, man, these guys that aren't accepting tips, don't they know that all you have to do is install a one-time menu? And just like that, you're adding in a new stream of income. You're making an additional thousands of dollars per month. These guys are such idiots. But in the future, there's going to be guys like me and you that are like, where are we going to go eat today? We could go to X, Y, and Z spot. Nah, but they charge uh, for tips and all of that. And I don't want to overthink if I'm going to give them tips or not. Or we could go to this spot. This spot, they they um, make you pay what they advertised as. Yeah, I'm going to go to this spot because I don't want to think. So these spots are going to win in the future because there's going to be some sort of cold war that's brewing between consumers and all these places that are charging tips out of the blue moon. Eventually, McDonald's is going to charge tips. That's my prediction. Here's my take on this. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I would, like to, I would like to hear what your thoughts are. But I think that for the lower end consumer, right, people who are paying less money to get more food, people who are poor or lower middle class and what have you, the places they frequent, that's where this stuff matters more. For example, people who are regularly visiting McDonald's, they don't have that much money to spend. I mean, they're trying to save money by paying a few bucks for their meal, right? Not the healthiest meal, but money matters to them. Right. Those types of places are unlikely to introduce the concept of, you know, pushing a tip in your face simply because the customer is very price sensitive. Even this cheap barbecue place is probably trying to target people who want a barbecue in a lower price point. On the other hand, places that are more expensive, which has upper middle class or rich people showing up, those places can comfortably charge a tip without overthinking because those types of customers, they are not price sensitive. They will not think, okay, 10 bucks tips, it doesn't really matter, you know. Like someone mm-hmm. paying 300 bucks for a meal can pay 10 bucks for a tip. Like it's something that doesn't really... It doesn't compute for that customer. They got it like so, that. Yeah. it It's about who you're targeting. And some businesses are about targeting less income people. And some be, some businesses start charge, you know, more for higher income people. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna, there's going to be a segregation. I don't think if you've noticed, but lately there's been much more despair in the general public as economies are slowing down. Have you noticed that? I have been noticing that. A lot more negativity. A lot of despair. People are not doing so well. And soon we'll have the middle classes being wiped out, as you can see, with the whole interest rates rising, mortgage rates rising, and things like that. Salaries remaining the same. uh, Costs going up and salaries remaining the same. So we'll have people who are lower middle class and poor. Mm -hmm. And we'll have people who are, say higher upper middle class and rich but that middle section is thinning it's vanishing people are either moving up or down so we'll soon see diverse sets of services targeting either the very poor or the very rich yeah because what you're saying with the whole tip thing i 1000 percent agree with it I, i think for the common stuff like fast food you shouldn't charge a tip because most people coming there don't have money like that but for fancy five star restaurants charge tip the confusion comes when you have these middle spots. Uh, do you guys have Chipotle? Um, we do not, but I had I've searched what it is about. We have similar stuff, yes. Have you seen it before? Nope. Only in the okay. US. Okay, so these are the places that are middle grounds. So they're fast food, but they're not 
um, fancy. But but they're not. Um, they're like in the middle ground territory where it's not cheap, but it's not expensive either. And for places like this, the question is, do you still charge a tip for that? And that's where the confusion is coming in. Um, okay, so you, you've noticed something with the tip as well, and you've noticed something with the economy as well. Man, Th that, the economy yeah. thing is actually very, very interesting to me in the sense that it looks like the next two years, 2000, the rest of 2023 and maybe much of 2024 are going to be very, very painful for many people. Yeah, it is. Do you think nowadays people need a side hustle? In Let's say they're saying, I don't want to be a full-time businessman. I want to have a job. Do you think these people, let's say that's making $65,000 a year, can survive like that? Or do they have to start looking into some kind of side hustle? I think that everybody needs to look into some kind of side hustle at this point. Because, like I said, salaries are not rising. Unemployment is going up. And interest rates and costs are rising up. So either mm -hmm. if you want to keep earning your salary, then you have to downgrade your lifestyle. You know, Move to a cheaper place. Stop spending money where you are used to spending money and what have you. Basically, live a shittier life, mm -hmm. or you can earn more money. Now, with inflation at six, seven, probably even ten percent, is your employer going to increase your salary by ten percent per year, fifteen percent per year? No. So you are actually losing, you know, purchasing power each year to inflation. The the only thing you can do to combat that is to start a side hustle and start making money. Like that's literally it. It's the only solution you have. There is no other solution unless you can start a printing press or something like that and make your own money. Mm. Your only answer is to find a way to increase your income somehow. And the answer to that is a side hustle. Okay, so uh, let's imagine this. Let's say there's a guy named Bob. He's 35 years old. He has a wife and he has three kids. What does... Um, a side hustle for a guy like Bob look like? 35 year old and three kids. With a wife. He's not the most technical. He's just a, he's a Bob, an average guy. Yeah, if you have no skills, you're fucked. Okay, so that's the number one thing. You got to have some sort of skills. Now, do you think he should take the digital route? Are, are there yes. any side hustles that are physical in nature? I mean, the only two I could think of are door dashing and doing Uber. Does that pay though? How, does that pay well? I know a guy that's been doing this recently and he says it pays him an extra $600 per week. How many hours per week he's doing that? I think he says he works four hours uh, per day. So working four hours per day, that's half a work day basically doing this stuff. And he's making $2,400 per you know, month doing that. And $30,000 a year. Basically, his side hustle is a 60K per year job, which is not good, right? Mm -hmm. So I would not recommend the side hustle. And he's doing stuff that doesn't accumulate over time. I mean, once he's done, he gets paid and that's it. Where if you write a book, for example, that can at least appreciate over time. See, with writing a book, right? Mm. I would doubt a Bob can write a book which will be successful because to write a good book, you need life experience. You need to know something of value, 
Then you have some guy who works in HR or something like that. That's not the type of guy who can make something valuable enough that people can purchase and read. I mean, anyone can write a book, but to write a book that's worth reading, that sells, that's the challenge, right? That's a good point. So what, what are we going to do has... for Bob? <laughs> Bob is fucked. Like, Bob is fucked. <laughs> that's literally write. the truth. <laughs> you can't write. Unless you can't Bob... Uber. Uh-uh. Unless Bob is willing to learn some actual skills that pay, Bob is fucked. My question is, when will a guy like Bob have the time to learn the skills? My answer is during his actual job. Because l- most people, when they're working a job, they're not really working the entire time. They're r- roughly working two to three hours. So the rest of the time, he should be learning skills then. What do you think? Yes. I agree. I think that most jobs do not, like, like you said, I completely agree with you on that statement. Most jobs do not involve a lot of work. Unless you're working at Subway or something, you know, where you're dealing with customers day and night. Mm-hmm. If you work a regular desk job, you work for a couple of hours a day. And I know that for a fact. We've had lots of employees. We track them with our softwares. We know how much work you need to do in an eight-hour workday. And that's typically about three to four hours of work. The rest of it is spent having lunch, talking to people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Gossiping. And yeah, you stop doing that, you'll have time to learn some skills. But more importantly, I think that when you bring up this question, the more important thing thing is the willingness to learn in the sense that is Bob actually willing to learn something and then build something to save himself? Because most of the time, these Bob types are usually just interested in complaining about the government and what have you. And they have the right to do so. But that's not going to change your situation, is it? It's not. And what typically happens harsh is that instead of learning the skills bob is going to put a lot of the pressure on his wife and the wife is going to put the pressure back on him and that's typically when the marital problems happen there was this research that showed that most divorces happen due to financial reasons so i mean imagine a guy like bob he's just like to his wife well i'm working a lot can you get a job or can you get a promotion at your job and she says okay fine i guess i will she does it and now she's making more than bob she starts to look down on him in some ways. She's like, man, what does this guy do for me? And then she starts to have an affair with her boss. I mean, there's plenty of stories like this where due to a financial problem, it has ripple effects on the marriage. And now the kids are affected because they go from the stable house into uh, having um, uh, parents that are getting divorced. I feel bad for those kids, man. And I'm so thankful that my parents never got divorced. I hear about situations where when the parents are getting divorced, it could get ugly. I mean, they often try to bring the kids in it too. You're going to chill with me today, right? And not your mom. Your mom's not a good person or vice versa. Oh, man. Fuck that shit. Tell me more about that. Yeah, man. I mean, whenever I talk to certain people who have a lot of issues, they have a lot of baggage, I'll talk about their past and routinely their parents have gotten a divorce every now and then it makes them more ambitious uh, because both parents they realized that they grew apart but a lot of times one parent is bad mouthing the other parent and that's what causes the kid to not have a relationship with the uh, the parent that's being gossiped about the, a famous example is um have you heard of 50 cent he wrote a book with that guy, Robert Green. Robert That's Green. All I know of him. And I heard okay. a song by him. 
which song get rich or Bam. in the club <laughs> oh pimp yep, harsh's uh soundtrack life soundtrack so he was a, <laughs> he was a multi-millionaire uh and he still is uh, one of the rap superstars and him and his wife got a very bad divorce and he's basically paying for his son um, money every month but despite him paying money every month the son lives with the former wife and the former wife is always talking bad about 50 cent to the son and nowadays as the son grew up he's only close with the mom he hates his dad and the dad is like man i'm over here paying for all of your bills since growing up and you hate me you don't even want to talk to me so they don't have a relationship and that typically happens with divorcees i mean they try to bring the kids in it and they try to see which person is going to control the kid's future man, man this is um, like that soul destroying shit that can happen to somebody to have your kids hate you like that but i think western culture did it to itself with promoting all this feminism and other society destroying bullshit and coming soon to every country around you situation where even india is not going to be ex exempt from this i'm pretty sure in 30 years my country is going to look a lot like yours unfortunately and there is nothing can be done about it it's the way the wind is blowing you can say do you know anyone that's got a, a divorce recently i have some clients who have been divorced some amicably some not but generally the process in india looks a bit like this where the woman goes to the police and says okay the husband beats me up everyone in their family is you know beating me up and there's a lot of domestic violence mm -hmm. all the male members in the family get arrested then they have to get bail and what have you then the guy ends up paying one third of his in you know net worth to this girl regardless of whether you've been married to her for one day or 10 years or 15 years etc etc and then you pay one third of your income for the rest of your life to this woman until she remarries which typically never happens or it, it you know the reason they don't remarry is because they don't want to lose that one third of income so she, right. if she's living with some guy she just won't marry him so she can tell the court that she's single and can't find a husband and then she can keep taking one third of this guy's money man and spend it what if he never even hit her she just said he did yeah you still go to jail you still go to jail yeah so the law is believe all women all women are always correct unless proven otherwise which is complete nonsense but yeah you get arrested immediately unless you got a lot of money which is rare right and the other bullshit is that see what happens is let's say that some woman has some kind of problem going on with her husband okay and she goes to a lawyer lawyers are very greedy the lawyer isn't going to tell her that okay so you know if you proceed with some kind of police complaint or something your husband is gonna be like okay i'm gonna take you back the lawyers literally will say things like hey you should file a police complaint against this guy to give him moral pressure and they will present it like this is going to solve your problems but really mm -hmm. what happens is the lawyer knows this is going to spiral you file a police complaint the guy's going to get arrested and you have to file more and more police complaints like you know he did this he did that that happened and all these that the lawyer gets paid more the, the lawyer keeps getting paid for years and years and years so to make all the money the lawyer convinces the woman to start filing and once you file one case your relationship is destroyed like there's no coming back from that and now you're just making that lawyer rich your husband poor 
spending a lot of years in litigation, destroying your kid's life and what have you over some kind of dispute. And the dispute could be something stupid, like a land dispute or what have you. Anything, you know. So, yeah, pretty much Indian laws are fucked up against men. They were written a long time ago and they say they, they, are, they were primarily written in a time where women were not educated and they did not have public life. In the sense, the, the law literally says things like when a man accepts a woman with his eyes open, he has easy responsibilities to take care of her, etc. As the woman cannot protect herself, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's literally written into the law. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's no longer true in today's world. This is not how women are. Women are not uneducated. Women are not idiots. But the laws were written in a different time and they have not been changed yet. Are you ever worried about stuff like that happening to you? Not really. The girl I'm engaged with is very, very Hindu, very family oriented. The family is very good. We've known each other for quite a bit. The family is also. And I'm not worried about this at all. Not even 1%. I'm really surprised though that they just lock up the guy without gathering any form of evidence. Yeah, that's step one. You first lock up the guy, then you look for evidence. It's bullshit. So out of curiosity, is there a MGTOW in India happening? Men going their own way? Not particularly. I mean, this stuff is rare. It's not common. Maybe say one in 100 people have Okay, it's a rare situation. Got, got it's it. very, okay. very rare. Like very rare. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I recently saw a documentary about how PIs are increasing in India, private investigators. Is that true? Oh, yeah, that is true. It's because we have arranged marriages, right? Did, did you run a PI guy. on your girl? <laughs> no, man, I, I didn't have to and neither did she because we kind of okay. knew each other. The families knew okay. each other from a long time. Like her father and my mother were friends as kids. Like it, the ties go back a long time, basically. Oh, wow. That's good. And was this your girl mom the matchmaker? Uh, yeah. <laughs> was she? She should get her own TV show. Well, yeah, but the girl's pretty good. I've kind of been aware of her for quite a while. She's very, very family-oriented, very friendly. She's from my hometown, right? So it's a very small religious situation. Not a lot of Western culture exposure. And the concept is that she moves into your place. Exactly. Got it. Okay, so you didn't run a PI on your girl, thankfully, but you're saying that this is common? It's becoming more common because people are still having arranged marriages, but they're doing it in a very retarded way, where earlier arranged marriages would be things like, okay, let's say someone in your relatives knows someone in their relatives who is a single girl and you're a single guy, so they can make you to meet and you know maybe arrange a marriage. Basically, mm -hmm. all these arranged marriages would happen between known people, known families, for example, let's say your mother's brother's wife knows a, has a girl in her family whom you can marry, things like that. Like not blood related, but let's say your mother's brother's wife. You get me? Like there's a it's not yes. genetically related family, things like that. But nowadays people are having arranged marriages via the internet, where there are these websites like shadi.com and what have you, and you put a profile there, you look for someone that matches, and then your families meet up and then you get arranged marriage. Basically, it's like Tinder for marriage. And yeah, it's literally like Tinder for marriage. It's so easy to lie on those. You can lie. You can say anything you want. And it's very, very difficult to verify whatever you're saying. You could be a drug addict and no one will know. The problem is that there is a lack of trust in society because with these online arranged marriages, right? Typically, you are either cheating the other person or getting cheated on by somebody. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, infidelity. But for example, 
the guy could be saying he makes a lot of money but he doesn't or the girl could be you know presenting herself to be a certain way like i'm very religious what have you what have you but she isn't so typically with these online situations you are either doing the lying or you are being lied to that's 99% of the time and people mm-hmm. are hearing more and more stories of these marriages you know failing or there's being trouble or discord in the marriage there's a lot of fighting etc so they try to verify a few basic things with the pi like does this girl drink does she have a boyfriend is she being forced into this marriage or is this guy actually running a business or is he lying does he actually work at infosys or does he not like maybe he's like maybe some sometimes guys would even lie about where they work like they don't they're unemployed but you know they'll say i go and work here how can you tell so the pi can tail him around see does he actually go and work there or what what's the situation and they can verify things like what's the family's reputation etc cetera, etc cetera. okay and i heard as of right now there's not too many restrictions on the pis so whatever they need to do to get the information they technically can that's what i heard yeah that there are no restrictions on pis per se like they can do whatever they want however they want they could tail you around film you etc everything within their you know the rights of the court not exactly the rights of the court but the rights of a citizen i could follow you around in the us make videos of you and mm-hmm. i would still be within my rights to do so right because in public places i can do that in public places right but if you're over here filming me in my private place then that's a crime yeah that's a crime i mean i can't enter your location and do it but if your window is open i can take a picture of you yeah so it's not that different from the us okay do you know any pis not particularly i've never needed to hire one and let's hope i never need to hire one yeah and i also heard that pis their lives get threatened a lot obviously because in that documentary the pi was a girl and she um her, she was having a conversation with her mom and her mom's like why can't you have a safe job like an engineer or a doctor how the hell did you choose this as a career and um later on she's over here getting threatened uh, by a guy so it's a, it's a very dangerous job why is she being threatened she's being threatened because um let me recall i'm pretty sure the one of the people that she was spying on found out that he was being spied on by her and he threatened her i see interesting yeah imagine if someone's following you around and you confront them and they're like yeah i've been following you around for the past 3 months the first thing i want to do is punch them on the nose i don't know about you <laughs> <laughs> man that's crazy first of all why would a pi admit to that that's a stupid thing to admit to you know i've been following you around yeah i mean sometimes they'll get caught in the act where they're taking photos of you and then you grab their camera you go through and you just see your life for the past 2 months in their camera roll ah oh, i see yeah that's fair that's an interesting situation i have no idea what i would do in such a situation yeah sorry harsh i've been following you around for 3 months now i'm just sad that you're not a hot chick Come on. <laughs> If I need someone following me around, at least be a girl. <laughs> yeah. How long till they make a reality show in regards to this? We are following random people around and seeing what they're up to. Huh? Yeah, le- leaking information to potential spouses. They do serve value. Have you heard value. of John Lennon? Go on. Yes, I have. Yep. The singer? Yeah, the singer. I think he was being spied on by the CIA or something, right? And he He always had that paranoia that he was being spied on. 
or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like he I didn't was, know he was being he, spied on. Yeah, he kept saying that he's paranoid that he's being spied on. And it turns out he was actually being spied on. Oh, okay. Yeah, because wasn't he from the Beatles? Yeah, he's from the Beatles, and they had a lot of influence in the 60s. And I think I'm pretty sure their music dealt with peace. And during the 60s, there was some sort of war going on, and their songs were anti war. So that may be why the government was like, all right, let's put a hold to this guy. But what Man, would you do, though? Mm-hmm. Fuck being spied on. That's such a crazy thing to happen to somebody. <laughs> It's crazy, man. And um, I mean, what do you do in that scenario? There was this famous guy, Roman Atwood. Have you heard of him? He used to be a, a prankster on YouTube. A prank guy. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, he used to have a stalker. The stalker knew everything about him. Every now and then, the stalker would call him and say, uh, look what I'm doing. And he'll turn on his uh, garage door and he'll close it. He'll open it and close it. He's like, so don't mess with me. So Roman Atwood went to the FBI at a certain point, and the FBI was like, man, the stalker, he's very hard to track. So what you need to do, Roman, is you need to live your life just the way that you would normally live it. So apparently this happened for two years, where Roman had this dark shadow following him, and he basically just had to act completely normal. So one day the stalker would slip, and the FBI could arrest him. Two years of your life with a big cloud over your head? Just imagine. Why was the FBI involved in this? In the sense, is the FBI regularly being like catching stalkers? If the case is high profile and the local police officers can't do it. Interesting. A lot of so local police caught? officers, I believe he was caught, yes. Interesting. How was he caught? I didn't watch the whole interview. I just remembered that he was caught and Roman Atwood was getting stalked. But that's the annoying thing about being famous, famous you are going to attract some sort of stalkers. Yeah, and being famous way, is going to be very annoying. I'm yeah, telling you, being way, famous is not worth it. Go on. Have you heard of Ben Shapiro? Yeah, he's a Jewish guy who speaks very fast and does interesting political commentary, right? Yeah. Like, fans you know don't much, care about your feelings. Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. Do you know how much money per year he spends on security? How much? Seven figures. Fuck. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's the problem with being famous, famous. I mean, there's a lot of other costs that goes behind the scene. Uh, So I'm sure he's making a lot of money. But now just think about his lifestyle, man. He can't ever just go out and chill. Let's say he just wants to go to the coffee bar. He has to call a bunch of securities with him. I mean, it's a problem. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun. I can tell you that for sure because I know quite a few celebrities And these guys have to live in a very weird way where Mm -hmm. they cover their faces up with these large sunglasses. Everywhere they go, they they either wear a hoodie or large sunglasses. They will not walk looking straight ahead. They will walk looking down to hide their faces. And I'm like, the fuck kind of life are you guys living? This is shit life. They're trying to hide from the paparazzi. Can you say what kind of celebrities you know? Yeah, these are movie celebrities. Pretty, very, very popular in India. And it's it's like the fuck. I don't even want to hang out with you anymore. Like this is so mm-hmm. annoying. 
anywhere i go there's people want to take pictures and i have to pretend like i have nothing to do with you because i don't <laughs> want to be in those pictures <laughs> it's like you get caught in a picture with a famous uh, bollywood actress and then the next day is this janvi kapoor's <laughs> newest boyfriend <laughs> you no know, moreover you know if i ever decide to be non non okay yeah with these bollywood actors right there's a lot of pressure to be woke or should pay lip service to being woke and mm-hmm. i don't want to destroy their career being like hey these guys are friends with life and money <laughs> oh, even yeah. when they don't know i'm like bad money <laughs> you would you would um, give them a pr nightmare out of curiosity i mean you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but how does harsh rangman go about meeting bollywood actresses when he doesn't even watch movies quite a bit of them are clients and the rest oh, okay. of them are people who just you know I happen to know from people I know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Did you ever flirt with any of them? Yeah, I don't care about the stuff in the sense I, I I don't want to get involved with anyone who has who is high public profile because here's my observation: these guys have very unstable relationships, very very high divorce rates, and they will do anything for to get to get popularity. or make content or what have you so you could have the nicest breakup with one of them and if she goes to the media she's going to say hey this guy was an abusive asshole he was a narcissist yeah or what have you a toxic i was in a toxic relationship and ruin your good name and they are not even that hot in you know real life in the sense on tv yeah they might look hot but i know many girls who are regular girls look better than them without makeup so personally i do not care about dating them or trying to fuck them or what have you the only reason i know them is because yeah i mean pays well these guys got money they're morons and pays <laughs> well and do any of them know about what you do the life math money part yeah i i don't talk about the stuff with people in real life i mean i got other things to do for which i have to maintain a certain image and at some point if i decide to do lmm as a full time business then yeah i'll be non non but for now it doesn't make sense mhm but more really? importantly so you would be non anon if um it's a full time business if it was f- full time business i wouldn't mind being non non right but for something that's i'm just doing for fun as a hobby producing content i mean this podcast doesn't even reach like 10000 people we've been doing it for a year mhm for this taking on so much what's the word for it public exposure then you got to watch what you say watch what you do in public because someone can take a photo of you be like hey life at money was doing this and what have you it's mm-hmm. just not worth it it kind of invades your privacy it's just i mean i've seen the i see these guys wear these thick glasses wherever they go and have a bodyguard that kind of bullshit isn't worth it if i want to go somewhere i just walk there i don't have right. to worry about anybody Yeah man so that's why I was a little surprised I mean if I were you even if I'm doing it full time I'm staying in on Let's see let's see I mean for now I'm staying in on but mm-hmm. I mean I'm not doing anything that's going to get me killed I mean I'm not like insulting the muslims or anything So right I'm not doing high risk shit you know? <laughs> Yeah I'll get you killed real quick um out of curiosity if you did do a face reveal would it be an event or would you just casually do it I would just casually do it. It would be on this show for sure. That would be lit. That would be our most viewed episode. For sure it's going to be our most viewed episode. But <laughs> if I do a face reveal, the first video will be here. I might post a picture on Twitter or something before but the actual 
talking speaking person is going to be on this show for sure like for you sure. have okay. my guarantee that would be fire that would break our side of the internet you know what's interesting about these public figures mhm about 50% of them are morons in the sense that they are they, what's the right word what's the right way of putting it they they are not the very useful high idiots. in iq yeah they're not very high in iq mm-hmm. but they have that you know justin trudeau type suave where they move a certain way they talk a certain way they they're able to present themselves well in front of a camera they're able to say things that the public wants to hear and they have that talent but they're not smart smart like you cannot have a a proper discussion on any topic with them but you know they're not evil in the say, in the sense for example they'll pay you well for any service like if you they're hiring you for filing their taxes you're going to get paid well i wouldn't say like they're bad people from my experience the other half are actually very very smart and they know what the fuck they're doing in mm-hmm. the sense they know what they're saying is wrong but they'll say it anyway because it means a good career for them and you already tweeted about me. this where you said if you think political politicians are idiots then you're the real idiot oh yeah man politicians are very 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 smart i know a lot of politicians they're very very smart people very smart people even the ones who have a public reputation for being morons they're very mm-hmm. very smart okay and when they're talking to you do they ever disrespect you or do they talk to you with respect because these are high profile individuals politicians never never i've never had a single instance of a politician being disrespectful to me not even once what about the celebrities they're very good no one's ever been disrespectful to me not even once i mean i'm a pretty useful guy to know in real or life or your or your employees nobody no one no one no one okay so they're overall respectful guys Yeah, typically when these guys disrespect someone it's someone who's not very useful to them, right? Like a politician might disrespect disrespect say a waiter. He's not going to disrespect me who knows 20,000 people, has lots of clients and I could badmouth him around town and mm-hmm. you know probably going to cost him a few votes here and there and right. It, it's you know these guys are smart, right? They they value their relationships, they're not morons. They want you know, see it's like this. He knows I'm going to vote for him because I know him, you know. because that gives me access to power if you get me like he knows these these people are very smart they know how incentives work and they I'm have teams as well right it, like a strategic team or, or do you think these guys are actually the smart the brains behind the operation it depends for most of these mpmla types they don't have teams they're just like individuals who are good at what they do and they win elections by themselves or based on whatever party they're supporting typically people do not nowadays in india at least they don't vote for the person they vote for the party in the sense that i'll give you an example right let's say you have to make a vote your vote is going to be either between hillary clinton or you know donald trump it's not going to be a vote for hey there's a congressman in my town his name is you know blah 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 versus la 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 i'm not going to vote between blah 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 and la 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 typically people don't even know who these blah 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 la 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 people are people just vote for you know the I'm party for the, the independence party or the yeah, other party or that party whoever the candidate is oh yeah that's a thousand percent true and that was highlighted in 2016 where most people will say eh, I'm not really fond of this person but they're representing my party 
So I have to vote for them. Yeah, it's kind of become a bit different from what it used to be. If you take the time when these constitutions were written, for example, you take the American constitution, right? This was a time where there was no TV, no radio, no mass communication. So let's say if you voted for Benjamin Franklin, I mean, just go with the example. It was quite a while ago. You probably never knew who the fuck Benjamin Franklin was. You never saw him, never talked to him, never heard his voice. Maybe you knew what he looked like from a newspaper or some poster or something, but you never heard his voice. You never heard him speak. You never, you had no interaction with him. When you voted, you were voting for the local guy. You know, this guy matters in this area. We're voting for him. But yeah. with TV and radio, these leaders were able to reach the public directly. And now people just vote for that particular reader. So you either vote for Modi or you vote for the other guy. You're not voting for the guy who is in your area. So technically, this entire system of voting for the guy in your area needs to be revamped because no one's voting for the guy in their area. No one's doing that. Yeah, unless there are mayors or local governors. Do you guys have those concepts of mayors? We do, but they don't have any power per se, from what I understand. I'm not too politically aware, but from my understanding, they're not particularly powerful posts. It is a good observation you made with the mass communications having a role on politics. And the first time that happened was with Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy's debate, where you could say that Richard Nixon was more uh, qualified, but this guy had no camera presence. I mean, he was sweating. He looked very nervous. He looked very ugly on camera. But John F. Kennedy, he was swagged out. And most people were just enamored because before the TV, it was radio. So you only heard people's voices and you were incentivized to listen to their ideas. Uh, but now you're looking at the guy and you're like, man, John F. Kennedy looks more competent than Richard Nixon. So Kennedy ended up winning. So, I mean, just shifting from radio to TV made a big difference. But compared to nowadays, I mean, you have who watches TV like that anymore? Most people watch YouTube, podcasts, tweets. That's how they consume their content. And for that, you need to have bite-sized content. They don't really appreciate long form like that. You need to have these punchlines. So that's what a lot of these politicians work with nowadays. A lot of these yeah, politicians. Yeah, you need to be Donald man, Trump, basically, like China. A lot of these, <laughs> yeah, a lot of these politicians, they're following the wrestling playbook because that's what they tell wrestlers. Uh, you need to stick out by having a slogan. If you don't have a slogan, then the audience will forget you and will stop booking you. So a lot of these politicians should just watch WWE and see what they're doing. You know, I was talking to this guy, Balaji Shinivasan, I think. I mean, I wasn't talking, talking to him. I was, I don't remember. This was many years ago. Damn it. Yeah. So I was basically reading something by him. I think it was a tweet, but I could be wrong. It could be a video or be a conversation. I just don't remember now. But this guy, he was saying something like earlier, you were a politician and you cared about the state and what have you, and you would have your policy and you would talk about your policy. Now, you are not a politician, you're an actor. And you figure out what the people in that constituency want to hear. And that's what you go and tell them. And depending on how good you are as an actor, you will either win or lose the election. Mm -hmm. In the sense that the reason why we have a lot of these 
political issues today is that we have replaced competent politicians with good actors and good actors are good at acting and not good at doing that's true and imagine if you are a competent politician i mean do you really want to put your life on display like that because it's not only your decision your family even has to be on board you have to tell your wife and kids hey uh, daddy is going to be getting attacked a lot by the media there's going to be paparazzi following us around uh, kids uh, your friends are going to every now and then criticize me to you are you guys open with that yes okay then we'll proceed forward so it's not just a individual decision at times you have to bring the family on board as well especially nowadays man where it's not even about you know what you said what you did if they don't like you then you are the epitome of evil you know you are everything wrong in the world you are the reason why this woman got raped or what have you you are the reason why this guy died on the border it is your personal responsibility why did your father not do it you are evil and your family is evil and what have you you know it becomes like good versus evil on both sides and i've had this conversation with people and i'm not even joking like there is like in in the usa you talk to people about this is chick called alexandria okezo cortez mm-hmm. and donald trump this was back a couple of years ago and the people who like donald trump really 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 hate this alexandria okezo cortez girl and the people who like this alexandria okezo cortez girl really 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 hate on this donald trump guy and they both say the same things like they say the, they use the exact same words this was like a buffoon they don't know what they're talking about they're complete morons and what have you i mean you guys are saying the same shit but about different people it's so it's so funny <laughs> it's funny and that actually made me curious do you think you could ever settle down with someone that has polar opposite political views than you i doubt it because polar opposite political views typically comes with polar opposite views about other things for example if you have a look at a lot of studies right they have found that this, the more fit you are the more testosterone in your body the mm-hmm. more right wing you are going to lean and you know the more fat you are the bluer your hair or the more feministic and single and cat lady type you are the more likely you're going to vote left i mean that's just you know there are studies on this there are studies on basically the fitness part like if you the higher testosterone levels the more likely you are to be right leaning and the lower the more soy you are the more left leaning you will be there are actual studies on this and of course the other part is just my observation when you're a fat fucking whale you know 600 kg overweight blue hair single six cats <laughs> probably going to vote left as socialist what have you because you want free shit the point is that typically having different political views i mean not just like slight differences i mean if you have completely opposite political views typically means you will have completely opposite lifestyles and beliefs about how to live and in that case i doubt things are going to go well for you it's going to have an effect on the children i don't know what the kids part i mean i haven't ha- had i haven't gone there in my own life yet but yeah i mean a bad relationship is probably gonna have a bad effect on your kids but all not i can say bad, is not only just a bad relationship part but uh, how decisions are made like let's say the little kid is um i just noticed uh, conservative people have the concept of um, accountability more while very left leaning folks are more holistic they, they want the societal help as well and that sort of thinking 
influences individual decision as well for sure for sure in fact a lot of these opinions kind of change after you marry and i've noticed it notices in my clients quite a bit where there are women who are really really left leaning in the sense you know they're like yeah i support socialism i support you know poor people getting help and i want you know the taxes to be there and what etc etc but once they get married suddenly they change all of their opinions and like no 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 i don't want the taxes to be there you know the money is my money you know for example you know right. when you're a single chick right if you're you're okay with the state taking other people's money and giving it to all these other people you know the poor people and what have you but when you get married your expenses increase then you don't have as much money and then suddenly you start feeling it you know why is the state taking our money you yeah know, it's like when you don't own a business you're telling the business owner if i were you i would do this this and this but when you have a business you see the complexities yeah see it's when you are the one feeling the pain then you realize it it's very easy to say other people should be taxed more for benefiting these guys i mean like why should the billionaire pay extra tax why don't you pay extra tax bitch yeah and the thing is a lot of these people are so generous with other people's money but that doesn't show anything on your character yeah it's you know fake virtue signaling you know i think arman should you know help out those kids and why is arman not helping those kids yeah, i care man. about those kids so much i'm talking about them all the time why isn't arman helping them man i saw a, a light version of this i went to new jersey to get trained for work right mm-hmm. and there were people from all parts of the us going specifically to new jersey for training and the farther away from new jersey that you were the uh, debit card that you got for training had more money So if you lived in Florida, you were getting $1500, where if you lived in New York and you lived right next to Jersey, you got 500 bucks. You with me so far? Yes. So by the time we're at training, there were a lot of New York people complaining. They're like, "Did you hear the Tampa folks got $1500 while we only got $500?" And there was this girl, this Asian girl that was complaining non-freaking stop. She was badmouthing us. So what eventually happened was after training we would all go to this bar and we would just hang out eat some food and some people would drink this asian girl that was complaining uh, she, she was all morally righteous like we should be getting more money too she would invite strangers to our table and be like oh the tampa guys since they have more money they're going to buy all of us rounds so we're over here buying rounds right uh, because we're just being put on the spot and after we buy the rounds with our money this asian girl is taking credit she's like see look how generous i am i'm like look how generous you are you're spending our money so this is what these folks do uh, they'll spend other people's money but they'll take credit for it they'll that, feel a high self esteem for it that is such a good example yeah it's literally <laughs> like that it's literally like that where you're like hey i was the one who took that guy's money and gave it to you so. yeah <laughs> man and this happened at a moment where dude i'm really thankful that i started armani talks in 2018 versus 2015 because 2015 i was way more liberal and i was sort of like that asian chick i could see her philosophy and things but after seeing her behavior and a lot of people like her behavior i didn't like the entitlement at all and then by 2017 to 2018 my political beliefs started to evolve more towards accountability uh, you got to work hard you can't just be relying on handouts so thank god i started armani talks in 2018 versus 
Have you noticed a switch in the online business space since 2018? Because I started around the same time. We started one month away from each other. Yeah, very very close. But have you noticed like the environment has changed quite a bit? Yes. How so? From your views? I'll tell you what. For example, right? I used to read blogs back in 2014. 2014 was a bit less than 10 years ago. And back then, if you were writing a blog, it was very very easy to get an audience. You could have a million readers in a few months of writing. or a year of writing if you could get backlinked by a few people but it was very hard to monetize that audience in the sense if you even put a few affiliate links from amazon in your writing people would complain about it hey you're a sell out you're putting an affiliate link here etc etc but over time say by 2016 2017 it was pretty normal to monetize a content like no one would complain about monetization and you could start selling something from day 1 and literally no one would say you're a sell out why are you monetizing this why are you trying to make money off of this no one would say it was it was very very normalized by that right. time but of course by the time it was also difficult to get an audience it wasn't as easy as it was in 2013 14 15 to 2018 19 20 were good years for growth where there was censorship but not a lot of it i mean you wouldn't like die if you said the wrong thing your twitter account would not be suspended but it was also a very distracting time in the sense you had this whole trump thing going on and literally every single day was something trump 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 and what have you so you had this weird political thing going on in the usa and it was dominating the internet but you could make quite a bit of decent money it was a good time for making money online it, it was something like the economy was doing really well and you could make quite a bit of money 2020 21 and maybe the first half of 2020 22 were good years because there were co- there was covid going on and the government was printing a ton of money a fuck ton of money in 2020 and 21 you could make insane amounts of money i know because i made that money it was crazy can you, you say how much even, no but it was a lot of money you you didn't even have to do anything you could just run ads make money the people were just stuck at home and there was very little compliance going on with these ads you could run any ad and pull in cash people were just buying anything they were very bored at home they were getting this free money from the government and they were spending it they were like hey, i don't run ads okay okay go ahead but yeah i have an affiliate marketing business and i i don't run the ads myself it's not something that's my area of expertise but yeah i have people who can do that but not for life math money not for life math money not for life math money with life okay. math money right it's not the type of thing that advertisers want to advertise you know so oh yeah <laughs> it's not something that facebook will approve me for but my point is Continue. it was it was a easy time to make money 2022ish the economy started to slow down quite a bit when i say quite a bit i mean quite a bit the money printer was off all these crypto markets they were slowing and yeah incomes fell for many many people a lot of people quit in the last year as you might have noticed a lot of people quit a lot of it's called the great resignation oh is it we talked about it with 
medicine, uh, but it's happening with all fields. It's called the great resignation. Interesting. Tell me about it. But just to complete what I'm saying, yes, 2022 was not a good year to grow your business. People were not spending that much money. People were holding on to it. The economy was bad. And the social media, it was on full throttle mode. I, Twitter had been purchased by, you know, they basically changed its CEO to this guy from India. I forget his name, Parag Garwal, I think. And yep. he was running it in a very pro-censorship, pro-lefty way, saying things like, hey, free speech is not a value we support and shit like that. It was basically very pro-leftist. You couldn't say anything about COVID and your account would get banned. You could be the guy who invented that you know, mRNA DNA test and you said something about COVID not being that big of a deal and you know they banned his account. So it wasn't about... Yeah, yeah. A lot of the people, a lot of doctors' accounts got banned. Basically, you were either supportive of the pro-COVID agenda or you would get banned. 2023, it's again much better time to make money than 2022, but we are still in a very weak economy. It's going to stay this way for like a year, year and a half more, but it's a good time to start a business because, you know, you set yourself up now, then whenever the economy returns, you can get the benefits of it for the entire bull run. Right. And what would you say online? Let's stick with digital businesses. Let's stick even with Twitter. What would you say is the best way to make money this way? Uh, would you say coaching, consulting, products? It depends. It depends on what your area of expertise is in. For example, let's say that you are someone who is very fit. You are jacked, shredded, what have you. You know everything about nutrition, diet, getting shredded, lifting weights, getting muscle. In this case, your options could be something like writing an ebook, you know, here's how you lose weight, a fat loss guide, et cetera, et cetera. Or coaching where you could charge, hey, people, pay me 300 bucks a month and I'll be with you on WhatsApp and we are going to help you lose weight, et cetera. Coaching or any info product or some kind of course, a recipe book, et cetera, et cetera. Those are options to make money from X. Are you still bullish but on Twitter? Yeah, I'm very X. bullish on Twitter. X, I'm very, very bullish. With the new ownership, the product is improving so rapidly. I think in the last four months, they've improved Twitter more than Twitter improved in the last five years. For five years, Twitter was a very stagnant platform. They didn't do anything. They were messing around with these things called, you know, bleeps and what have you. I forget what it's called. I think it's called fleets. Yeah, it's called fleets. Fleets, Yes. And it didn't work. And they were messing around with this all this random nonsense. Periscope was shut down, etc., etc. And Twitter was very, very stagnant for a long time. And now suddenly they're ramping up production, improving the product, giving out ad money. I'm being paid a few thousand bucks a week to troll people on the internet <laughs> by Twitter ads. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you've been getting paid. I haven't getting paid for that. I'm like, whoa, okay. So nowadays when good? you have these. It's good. I mean, it's not great, great. You can make much, much more by selling your own products. But, better you know, than YouTube ads? Much better than YouTube ads. But still, you know, getting paid a few thousand, maybe like even a thousand bucks extra every two weeks. It's fun money, you know. You don't have to invest it. It's just random ad money you got from trolling people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can spend it on anything, you know. Anything, even stupid shit. Like, imagine having an extra recently. thousand bucks just for trolling people. And you've been going viral recently too, haven't you? Did you have a certain tweet I should be aware of? 
I keep going viral nowadays. I figure out how to go viral on Twitter. And it's in my guide. I figure out the strategy after studying their algorithm. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about it now or do you want to plug your guide? Yeah, it's in the art of Twitter. I added a special module called tracking the Twitter algorithm where I break it down completely from start to end. And it's basically how you can manipulate the algorithm into promoting you much more. The way the algorithm works is that it, when you log in, it selects 1500 tweets from all the tweets on Twitter that are supposed to be shown to you. A portion of that comes from the people you follow, a portion of that comes from people you don't follow, etc. And there are things you can do. For example, you can like a lot of responses that you get, interact with the people you who interact with you, and things like that, which increase the probability that your tweet is going to be picked in those 1500. And then it's going to rank much higher than the other tweets in those 1500. So that when the guy logs in, in the for you section, your tweet shows up in the first five, six tweets. I see. So you're saying engaging with others is very important too. It is a part of it. Engaging with others is a big part of it. But there's quite a few things. For example, you also want to avoid getting blacklisted. So you don't want to say the word fuck you, cunt, retard. I mean, retard is fine, but there's quite a few words that are in their list as offensive words. You don't want to be marked as an offensive account, etc. There's quite a few things in the guide. I mean, that entire section is like 100 pages cracking the Twitter algorithm. And I think someone who is using X, it's going to be the best 200 bucks you spend. And I'm going to increase the prices soon. Get it while you guys still can. I've read it and it's a very, um, very detailed. And what's your thoughts on shadow banning nowadays? Is it still happening? Do you notice it? Yeah, it's still happening. I actually reached out to Twitter support being like, what is your case on shadow banning? And they say, okay, yeah, we, are, we do restrict reach for content sometimes but it eventually goes away unless the person keeps doing it over and over again. Okay. There's certain pages though that don't post anything controversial, but they still get shadow banned. And I saw this guy recently. I don't, I can't recall his name, but he's a fitness account. And he was showing the statistics with how much his reach reduced. Uh, and he just talks about fitness. So I thought, why with him? And his content's very entertaining. I mean, it, that's very subjective because the, the comments were basically saying, seems like you're not entertaining enough. But I mean, he's still breaking down the same stuff he did with some twists, obviously. But he got shadow banned. There is something called tweet cred in the algorithm. And what this does is it tries to figure out what type of account you are based on the type of accounts you interact with. So for the longest time, if you interacted with the wrong people, your account would get shadow banned. For example, if you were tweeting at Donald Trump Jr., your account would get shadow banned. Okay. And that's basically the situation where you have this tweet thread thing. And if you interact with the wrong people or the people they don't want, they didn't want to promote back then, then they would reduce the reach of your account. Basically, they want to support, they wanted to support these woke parties and what have you. And you had these things going on. And there were other things, for example, they would make lists of people who interact positively with the people they don't like, and they would mass report them. And then Twitter would treat each report as an indicator of negative attention. So if you get a lot of reports, your account would get penalized for life. So the more reports you would have, the more penalized it would get. And what these lefties would do 
is they would make lists of people who interacted positively with Donald Trump or you know a bunch of other people they did not like. And then they would have these bots with like 100k bots on Twitter and they would all mass report you or mass block you or something and try to destroy the reach of your account. I could destroy your account in one day, Arman. It's that simple. It used to be that simple. It's not anymore. But mm-hmm. it's like getting 100,000 bots to just block your account. Yeah, and the same thing with Instagram from what I've heard. I'm not too well versed with Instagram, so I don't know. Man, your Instagram account's hilarious because you attract a lot of, um, on Instagram at least, a lot of NPCs who get outraged by what you say. So that's <laughs> <read> the comments. <laughs> and it's automated from your end. So I don't know if you've ever seen it. The comments are hilarious. Yeah, I use something called Repurpose Pie to basically <laughs> automate my content. What it does is it takes my tweets, turns into videos, and auto-posts it to YouTube, TikTok, everywhere. And I've been doing that for quite a while since I founded the company. And I don't even check my Instagram. I'm not even joking. I'm a bit shocked. I have 57,000 followers. I didn't even do anything. That's insane, man. You have some sort of magic touch with social media. How how many tweets are you actually tweeting from here? Or do you get someone to upload your thoughts for you? No, no. I tweet myself. My Twitter account is handled by me. But that software takes care of the rest. It takes my tweet. It auto-pulls a tweet turns it to video and sends it to Instagram and TikTok. And on TikTok, I got to 21,000 followers by literally doing nothing. I, I just left it there for a couple of months and that's it. And you gained another 200 on YouTube recently. Yeah, on YouTube, I got 100,000 views in the last month by doing that. In the sense, I hadn't published for quite a bit of time. And then I was mm-hmm. like, okay, fuck it. Let me hook up Repurpose Pie to my YouTube. And I, you know, it started posting three, four tweets, videos on YouTube automatically every single day. And I racked up 100K views in 30 days, gained 200 followers, and quite a bit of ad money from YouTube that I can pay for my repurposed subscription with. Hey, it's like free money. Got it. So Twitter is your home base. You tweet and then repurpose pie takes care of the rest. It distributes it in the other platforms. Yeah, it takes it from one place and puts it everywhere else. Got it. Got it. Okay, so from your entire strategy right now, is X the biggest priority? Yes, X is the best platform to be on. It's so easy to produce content for X, right? You just have to tweet. You don't have to sit and make a video, edit a video, and do all that work. You just have to sit and tweet, and X takes care of the rest. And, you know... You get to grow on all these other platforms with Repurpose Pie. And how much is Repurpose Pie? It's 50 bucks a month for the base plan, which which doesn't auto-post, and 100 bucks a month if you want auto-posting. Okay. And you have a team at this point? Yeah, we are three co-founders, quite a few employees, engineers, etc. The thing is that it has to be 100 bucks a month for auto-posting because auto-posting is very expensive. Actually, that API and everything that converts the text to audio, it's very pricey. And the auto-posting thing, let's just say it's you have to deal with YouTube and Facebook and all these other people. And their APIs are not, the prices are not something to scoff at. They are they're not cheap, especially the Twitter API. That's fucking expensive. Right. And how much of the engineering do you have to do? Or do you mainly do the marketing? 
I do both. I don't do that much engineering at this point. I mostly do the marketing, but I did write a few critical sections of the software that were facing errors and the team was too busy trying to do other things. So I was like, okay, let me fix this. Got it. Is there any insights you can give from running a SaaS company? I mean, this is your second SaaS company, isn't it? Yeah, my main insight is that it's more complex than it seems. In the sense, for example, if you take this particular thing, right? You would think, okay, all you got to do is make moving words on a video, but it's much more complex than it looks because people say anything on text. For example, people will say B star ICH instead of bitch. Now, what do you do? Do you say B star ICH or do you say bitch or do you say butch? What do you do? And you got to make, for example, let's say some like German words are very long words. How do you make them fit in correctly? How do you make the video actually look good? How do you make the video run a particular way, et cetera? All of these things are actually, it was much more complex than we thought. It was supposed to be a small bed that we built in a week, but you know, it's been three months. It's not ready yet. It's much more complex than it looks. And I'm glad that you said that. With every other case, yeah. Yeah, because whenever people are thinking about SaaS companies, the public perception is, oh, you write some code and you're in business. But from the people that I know who actually own SaaS companies, they always say it's way harder than it looks. It's much more complex than it looks, man. You have no idea how many weird niggles we came across in the software as we were doing it that we did not anticipate before. It's completely crazy. It's it's literally insane how like you don't anticipate the problems you will encounter until you encounter them. Got it. And do you have a team also for customer support? Oh, yeah, we do. The team is basically the three co-founders. You send out a customer support email. We will reach out to you. It's not going to be some employee with a desk. It's going to be like we who founded the company are the customer support. We will help you if you reach out to us. How did you and the other founders meet? We met through a different business, actually. We met from LMM, but this was you know, for publishing, not for starting a SaaS company. It just happened to be that we ended up doing this. For example, do you remember Teach Yourself Crypto when we were building that company? I do. So the first co-founder was also the guy who co-founded this company, Teach Yourself Crypto. And the second co-founder was a beta student. So she was the girl who was studying the course we were making as we made it and giving us feedback. And as we built that course over seven, eight months, we kind of developed a friendship and then we founded Copyright Samurai together and now we're founding this together. It's a pretty good team. We have what's our complementary skills and I'm happy to have them. That's great. And what about Teach Yourself Crypto and Copyright Samurai? Do you still have a lot of involvement with that or is that pretty much automated? They're pretty much automated. Copyright Samurai, I do have some involvement in still, but Teach Yourself Crypto is completely automatic at this point. This new company, I think, is going to do much better than those two companies did. I see. It's more automated in the sense with Copyright Samurai, right? It still requires some time here and there. I have to sometimes take a sales call or talk to somebody, talk to a client, customer, etc. Maybe talk to the, the legal team who's doing the removals. With this, it's pure software. Oh, okay. So, and do you have to release new versions routinely? Yeah, we haven't released to the public yet. We've only released to some people that we know. But by the time this podcast is 
published. Go check out repurposemy.com and see if it's released. Probably going to be released soon. And yeah, we'll have more features coming in after the release. Awesome. Last question. Is this investor funded or you guys are just putting up your own money? Our own money. Nice. Would you ever take investor money? Because I, I know a bunch of your friends did. I've had quite a few investors offer money. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that you become their bitch. You do. that, And that's one of the things or I, I'm not cool with that. They'll give you a lot you of become, money too. They'll give you a lot of money. I was offered a million dollars. Yeah? Yeah, but you become their bitch. Like you that's do. the thing. You have to send what? them a monthly statistic of you know what you did, how much you're earning, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you're like, okay, where do their bitches? We're working for them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, bro, I don't need to answer to you. One of my clients actually was an angel investor. And around the end of our um package, he just like, Man, I would actually like to own a little bit of ArmaniTalks.com. How much? I was like, How much? Nah, bro, it's not for sale. Uh, and he was trying to purchase like a little piece of the ArmaniTux.com website. And he was telling me what I would have to provide for him. Uh, just these monthly updates. Automatically, I just said, nah, not my style. Investors are really, really annoying to deal with. In a sense, it's not just these monthly updates, right? They will change your strategy to benefit themselves. If that makes they sense. You might be like, okay, I'm building my brand. I want to grow in the future. So I'm doing these, these things. And they're like, no, no, this is not bringing enough cash flow. We need to do this. So we start making money now. Because they think in terms of quarterly. They don't think in terms of yearly, let alone decade. So a lot of them, they just want immediate money. And it depends on the investors. Uh, there are certain long-term investors where people who invest in Amazon, they know they're not going to get their money immediately. Uh, Amazon is investing for the future. But other companies, especially SaaS companies, these investors want money now. Yeah, they're in the game of hot potato, right? Where they want you to grow a bit fast, get a lot of customers so you can raise money again. And this time at a much higher valuation. And now they can actually make back the money they paid you. In a sense, let's say that you are a company, you have 10 users. And then you raise money and then they'll try to do things which give you like users fast, whether you are profitable or not. So you might gain a lot of users, but be very unprofitable. But the investor doesn't care about that, right? The investor is like, okay, so we have gotten you a lot of users. Now let's do a seed round. And the seed round is going to be for a lot of money. And we'll make a pitch book, etc. We'll try to get people to buy more stake in your company for this high valuation. And we're going to sell some of our stake so that we can recover our investment. And that's so we their make more money. <laughs> we can make money, right? You guys are fucked. Yeah, man, these guys are leeches. Um, so you've never been tempted to take investor money? Not particularly. I've had my own money, right? So I can invest in my own company. We don't need their money. But I'm not against the concept. I mean, I would not say they're leeches. I would say that you have to be smart enough to know whom you're raising money from and what their priorities are in the sense that if you raise money from someone like, okay, let me not say a name, but the name starts with Chris. It's very, very, he's a very popular investor who does not give a shit about you. That guy only cares about his books in the sense he cares about his profitability. He doesn't care about your company. And you can grow your companies valuation really fast by getting a lot of users quickly 
while at the same time destroying your company's profitability if you get me it's a dumb move for the company but a good move for the investor who wants to sell a stake i see where you're coming from also i could see situations for you because you have three businesses that aren't personal brands those ones if you get investors involved that's fine but in the future i'm pretty sure there's going to be more investors looking into certain personal brands and they're going to want to invest in them and i don't think it's smart for personal brands to take investor money cuz it's your brand is your business in many ways where if it's a non-human product it's easier to take investor money that's what i've noticed at least i agree to a large extent but it depends on what stage you are at and what stage the market is at for example if today you were to start a podcast on a random topic the chances of you getting traction is actually very low but if someone could offer you say money for 30% of your company and that person has a relationships and could get you okay you can interview this person this person this person he could line up all of that stuff for you then that could be very valuable and worth the 30% maybe without that 30 without selling that 30% you you wouldn't even have crossed 10000 listens and now you can get 10000 listens in your first episode so that's actually a very good point that's it depends that's a good point because i've seen this in action where with the no jumper podcast that's how it works no jumper is the network they'll bring on random talent they'll give them their own show their own platform and this talent goes from being a nobody to now having a fan base and every now and then they end up leaving no jumper and now they're trying to do the same thing by themselves and they're struggling because they don't have the same connections that no jumper network has i definitely see what you're saying good point yeah it's a bit like have you seen those shows from disney when you were a kid like hana montana or demi lovato or of Selena course not. Sure. <laughs> 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 like these girls would not have been popular without disney would they they would not they were they were put through the disney machine and now they have careers Man, exactly. have you been hearing you have you been hearing about Disney as of late? No, are the brands tarnishing? Oh, is it? They've been going woke woke and they've been making a lot of mistakes. One thing that they're doing a lot of times is that they're recreating old movies, but they're switching up the main character. Let so yes, the main character is now becoming black. Let me guess. Yeah, that. yeah. So with Little Mermaid, it goes from a white girl to a black girl. Recently with Snow White, harsh Uh, Snow, Snow White became black. Let me guess. I don't even know, but incorrect, bro. <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> incorrect, bro. Spanish. But here was the controversy. So you've heard of um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Yeah. So they didn't cast dwarfs. They casted just regular folks, man. Oh, Snow you. White and Seven Men. Interesting. That's a porn title, I think. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Uh, Let me actually screen share something with you real quick. I'm surprised you didn't see this. Oh yeah, got it. So these are the seven dwarfs. There's only one dwarf and everyone else are just regular people. Man, so this I was think these guys have gone so, crazy. Yeah, so this was creating some outcry because The thing with dwarf positions is that these guys already don't give th- that many roles in Hollywood. So suddenly there's a movie that requires dwarves and instead of casting dwarves, 
you just cast a bunch of random folks. I mean, what gives? So Disney has been taking a lot of L's recently. And the only way that they can fix their brand is by focusing on the stories. They have this mindset nowadays where they are purchasing a lot of talent rather than cultivating any talent. And they are they are not what they used to be. It's an embarrassment. Have you noticed this thing where with these works, right? They never write their own stuff. They never create their own classics. They always take something good from the past or some classic or something like that. And they try to corrupt it into wokeness. They don't write good stuff themselves. Absolutely. And the girl that they casted as Snow White, she's like that. She's like, I can't believe that there's a Prince Charming. I mean, why do we need a movie with the Prince Charming? We need a, a movie where we empower women. And she's trying to change uh, the plot of Snow White. And she's casted as Snow White. So I'm like, why did you even take the role if you don't like the plot? <laughs> to complain about it. <laughs> Man, dude, it's actually scary because a lot of these companies that you think can never fail suddenly make such bad mistakes and they fail. Do you ever worry about that where you think, man, am I ever going to just get dull around the edges? Not particularly worried about that because see, unlike all these companies who do it for the money, right? At the end of the day, they are being a certain way because they think it's going to benefit their bottom line. I don't have any such requirement. I don't do LMM for money. It doesn't really make that much money as it, you know, as my other businesses do. This is more about fun. Like you can see, we've been doing this podcast for 51 episodes now and I, I haven't seen a dime from it. In fact, it's been costing me money every single month and, you know, employee time and, you know, the software which records it, et cetera, et cetera. It's so clearly I'm not doing it for the money and no, haven't made anything from this podcast or LMM doesn't pay that much. It maybe makes like a good amount of money, but not nearly as much as I would from any other business that I have. So I don't need to worry about getting dull. I can just be me, say what I want, and that's it. With these companies, they have to stay woke and otherwise they'll piss off this investor, that investor, piss off the media. I think that's kind of a factor. You know, the irony is that I make more money or probably will eventually make much more money because I don't have to worry about making money, if you get me. With LMM, I can say whatever I want and it's growing so, so fast for that reason. It's because I'm not being cagey about my opinions. I'm not being like, is that the right thing to say? Will I not be politically correct? I don't think about that. So I grow faster and in the long run, I will make more money by not trying to make more money. Life which irony great, 101. Yeah. Which is the great irony of this whole content business. That's true. Content businesses are based on the ideas. So I could see why Life Math Money is meaningful for you because this is one of those platforms where you just get to be harsh and express your ideas. With any other business, right? It's more about, say, they are. you can think of them as cash generating machines where some work happens and at the end of the day, you make money. But they don't change lives per se. I mean, no one writes to me from my affiliate marketing company and being like, hey, Harsh, you saved me from committing suicide. That has not happened once in our affiliate marketing company. But for LMM, that happens multiple times. It happens like at least once every month where someone's going to be like, hey, I was very lonely in my life. I read you. I started going to the gym, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
So LMM is changing life, which is very meaningful to me. At this point, I don't care that much about money, right? I spend maybe 5% of what I earn. And I live pretty extravagantly. You are aware of this. I have a maid, driver, et cetera, et cetera. Just, I just don't yeah. have any use for money at this point. I just have too much of it. You are correct about that, where I've owned a lot of different businesses throughout my life, but I would say the most satisfactory one is owning a content business, especially when you're not trying to be fake or anything. You're actually putting in your own ideas because then you're starting to get the DMs. Like people DM me every now and then, like, because of you, I started a YouTube channel. Because of you, I started learning public speaking. I wrote my first book because of you. And you're not going to get that by selling tumblers on Amazon. You're going to get that when you put your ideas out there. It's not exactly. for everyone, though. Very, very, it's good karma. It's good karma. Uh, and it is, I mean, an act of service uh, because a lot of these religions, they talk about acts of service. So you could have this metaphysical view of it instead of just a business, like let me make money and that's it, sort of view of it. Agreed. I am 100% in support of you. Man, uh, so, so yeah, uh, you do get a lot of these messages about uh, people who are about to commit suicide that, then they didn't. I do. In fact, it's quite surprising. I think that there is much more loneliness in the world than there used to be maybe two decades prior. What do you think? I see kids out there, they're essentially stuck to their mobile phones nowadays. Yeah. I mean, loneliness often happens because we amplify who we don't have and we undermine who we do have. So typically, whenever I see lonely people, they're like, oh, I'm so lonely. No one cares about me. And their phone every now and then is buzzing. I mean, their brother is calling them, checking up on them, their mom, their dad. I'll say, well, they're hitting you up. And then they'll say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, but not my friends, though. And so they're over here amplifying who's not hitting them up versus at least zoning in on who is. So a lot of these people are lonely because their priorities are out of order. Mm -hmm. And another reason people are lonely is just because the act of being social nowadays is off. And I believe you've mentioned this before, where you said you've been on dates with girls who can communicate through WhatsApp, and then you talk to them, and they're bumbling idiots. Exactly. I that? mean, on WhatsApp, they're suave, you know. They're, they yeah. can talk, they have opinions. And when you talk to them in person, they're like, blah, 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 blah. Like, they can't yeah, so look I'm, you in the eye and talk. So a lot of people forgot how to be social. There's a lot of times I'm talking to someone, and I notice that this person isn't asking any questions back. They're just responding. And then afterwards, I'll just stop talking to them. And they, they will be like, man, what went wrong? I thought everything was going smooth. So a lot of these people that you think are being disrespectful aren't even socially savvy at all. And due to this, uh, loneliness is rising. Have you ever been lonely before? Because there's a concept known as entrepreneurial loneliness. So a lot of entrepreneurs get lonely. For sure, man. I found a solution to it, though. But yeah, I've been lonely where... I was working 15 hours a day, morning to night, just going to the gym. And that was pretty much my life for quite a while. I was really, really trying to set my businesses up. And before that, I was trying to finish my, you know, CA exams and what have you. So I was lonely for quite a bit of time. But I have, I had like a big realization about that and I was able to solve it. I will get into that, but go on. What were you saying? Well, no, that's what I was saying. I mean, with entrepreneurs, they often do get very lonely because they can't necessarily talk to other people about their profession because if you have a nine to five job you can't necessarily understand 
what questions to ask an entrepreneur. In addition to that, entrepreneurs are working a lot, especially in the beginning stages. So because of this, they often get lonely and they don't know that they're lonely, especially guys, because we don't use language like that too much. So a lot of guys will be like, man, something feels off. I don't know what's off, but chances are you're lonely. So, I mean, it's good to have some sort of network, whether it's online or offline, uh, but it does happen. It happens so much that there's a phrase for it nowadays. Entrepreneurial loneliness. What did you do to resolve it? I had this epic realization where I realized that with men, right, there is a difference between being lonely and being alone in the sense that you don't need to be chattering with someone all day as a guy. I mean, as a girl, probably, but as a guy, your social needs are pretty limited. You need to be around people, but you don't need, you don't need to constantly be speaking to people, but you feel lonely when you are regularly alone. Let's say you work from your home or from your room all day. You don't see other people as frequently. That's when you start feeling empty and lonely and you know alone and the solution is to work from somewhere where there are people around you it could be like a starbucks or somewhere else but basically be around people and then you no longer feel lonely of do course you do that yeah I, I do that quite a few times you go to Back starbucks in, day, in public places because i thought you had yeah, a home office i do but sometimes i'll just go somewhere else and work got it that really helps with loneliness especially like when you are very young nowadays, like it doesn't really matter to me, right? Like I'm engaged before that. If you're seeing a girl or anybody, then you have, you know, someone you can talk to regularly, but in the beginning stages of your business, you're probably going to work 12, 13, 14 hours a day. You're not going to have time to talk to anybody. And the simple solution to that is just to work from a public place. So you don't go insane. Do you think someone who's starting a business should also be starting a relationship? No. Unless you want your business to fail. <laughs> <laughs> or the relationship the sense, to fail. Or both. Yeah. Because both of them, both of these things require a lot of time, right? You get mm -hmm. me? You, you can't do them both simultaneously. There's a law. It's called Gall's Law, which states that you need to get one complex system functioning before you add to it. That's a good one. Tell me more yeah. about this law. Is, the, is this like an engineering law? Yeah, but basically it says you shouldn't build uh, a complex system from scratch, let alone try to build two complex systems at once. Then you're guaranteed to fail. So that's when I've wondered, man, how is it that someone is capable of starting a business and starting a relationship? And I'm talking about a full-on business. I'm not talking about a side hustle. I'm talking about this is going to be something that's paying you for the rest of your life. How does someone start that? And go through the whole dating process, finding someone, then going on vacations, dating, and getting engaged. I mean, it, it's just there's limited time in the day. I believe for men, at least, my personal philosophy is you start with business and then you add on the relationship. Uh, but I know other people have the exact opposite philosophy. But they're like, no, find a, you a good woman first and then build a business later on. Are you of the first type where you say build a business first, then find the woman? I'm thinking. It's a tough one, man. It's not. It's not. I, I'm, I it's have not. an answer to you. It's not. It's not tough. 
It's not tough. What's the question? See, think of it like this, okay? What is more important, money or woman? For example, if you had a woman, does it make having money easier? And if you had money, does it make having a woman easier? Well, obviously, if you have money, it's much easier to get a woman than it is to get money when you already have a woman because women take time and attention and it makes it harder to get money. Anyone this is just my experience so i would say yeah you should get your financial affairs in order before you get into a serious relationship because women suck in time and attention like nothing else unless you have a very very supportive partner which can happen but pretty rare let's be realistic in my Order? experience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the way i did it was i first solved my money issues i started all these businesses some of them failed some of them worked once i had all of that lined up it was pretty easy to do anything else i mean any woman i talked to would be super interested do you, you ever get, get worried that women like you for your money who cares about that i have money you don't care about that like me for whatever reason you want <laughs> yeah no cuz some some people that make a lot of money they worry about attracting a gold digger i don't see anything wrong with that i mean if as long as you you don't plan on being broke What's wrong with dating a gold digger? I mean, let her dig. Who cares? <laughs> you don't have to give her the money, right? They say that her body is warm, but her heart is cold. Okay, so you're yeah. okay with dating gold diggers? I mean, I don't mean like you could make a description of a gold digger which sounds very evil and cold, and this chick doesn't care about you. Not that type, but I would say that the vast majority of women do care about your money to some extent. I mean, it's a factor. So yeah, I would not date an extreme gold digger, but I'm also not oblivious to the reality that women care about how much you earn or how much you can make, etc. So it's a factor for them. They've evolved to care about these things because you know they have to make that baby, and they're gonna be stuck. You know, even evolutionarily, they couldn't really do much when they were pregnant, and they had to rely on their man for provision. So they have genetically evolved to worry about how much their man makes and. they it's a factor they care about right mm-hmm. so yeah i wouldn't mind dating a quote unquote gold digger but of course when i say gold digger i don't mean like this extreme bullshit type chick you get me yeah that wants purses every week yeah not that kind of person mm-hmm. i see where not, you're coming not, from i don't i'm not going to get exploited by some girl but then again i am also not concerned about a girl caring that you know before she falls in love with me or what have you does this guy have money or not okay i see exactly where you're coming from now what are your thoughts on starting a business with a partner one of those alex hormozy leila hormozy scenarios yeah we not recommended i think i'm i find alex hormozy to be an interesting character i like a lot of his advice it's been very useful but that type of stuff typically works for people who do not have children and in those cases it's basically like you have a business partner you're having sex with in the sense alex formosi's wife i mean i don't know alex formosi in person i feel like that could end in a lot of trouble though it's possible it's possible cuz you're seeing but the person all the time it's definitely possible but not impossible at all i mean if you have a good business partner it can definitely work out but it's literally the way i think of it is you have a business partner and you're having sex with her that's how i think of those relationships <laughs> it's like the parallel um, l- let me try to take a stab at this 
it's like me and you are podcast hosts. We're roommates and we have the same friend circle. Eventually, I'm going to think, man, I'm getting tired of seeing Harsh. What the hell am I going to talk to him for two hours about? Exactly, exactly. But man, I do not recommend starting a business with your partner. I'm not against the idea. I'm not against the idea at all. But there's going to be way like more said, problems than benefits unless it's one of the because I've seen uh, some Alex Hormozzi interviews where he's definitely a big picture thinker and Layla is the operations person. So there's some synergy there. My thing is, what if, OK, what if there's a divorce? What happens to the business? There used to be this YouTube channel. I used to watch it back when I was in 10th grade. I mean, I don't know. 12-ish. It was called Prank versus Prank. There was this chick, I forget his name, her name, and there was a guy. They were both like a couple, and they had two YouTube channels, and they, the entire content was basically their life. It, they were vloggers, I think that's the term now, vlogging, mm -hmm. where they basically talk about their life, go through their thing, and they had a breakup. I recently found out that I completely forgot about them for like eight, nine years, and then suddenly was recommended a video, like the downfall of the channel, and I watched it, and basically they, I don't know, one partner cheated or something. And they split the channel in half. So they had two channels and one person got one channel, the other person got the other channel. And I think they're still on good terms. All of this stuff can work out if you have no kids together or don't plan on having kids together like Alex and Leah or Mosey. But if you do want to have kids together, it starts becoming more complicated. Got it. Yeah, I would say with business, I mean, you definitely need to factor in what if things go sour. So I believe with business partners, I mean, you shouldn't be too buddy-buddy with them from the get-go. If the friendship evolves over time, that's one thing. But it's very important to have hard boundaries because this is one of the reasons a lot of these boy bands break up. They're with each other all the time. When you're always with someone, that could be a problem. So you got to have these certain boundaries where, okay, now we're chilling, but now we're not. Yeah, it's like this, okay, where the more close you are to someone, the more reasons you'll probably have to have a fight with them. Mm -hmm. If you are strictly professional, you, you know, speak here and there, but you're not like getting too involved in the personal life, then it's very unlikely you guys are going to have a fight because you guys are just trying to make money together or what have you, right? You're not right. like, he said this, he said that, he thinks this about me. Egos don't get involved until you get your personal lives mixed up. Right. And that's when gossiping happens. Egos happen. It's not right. Yeah, it's it, it adds risk. I agree with your advice that you shouldn't intermingle too much with business partners. It's just not good. It's not, it's not smart. And if you do have hard boundaries, I actually know this couple where they're dink. They don't plan to have kids. So they're all in on their career. And one uh, like the I don't like the dink, but go on. You don't like dink? Yeah, that's pretty catchy. Legacy Enders, but go on. Oh, <laughs> Gene so the girl makes. Wiper. Yeah, so the, <laughs> so the girl makes 250k. The guy makes 250k, and they work from home. And initially, they were working in the same floor together, and they were talking a lot, uh, chit chatting, arguing more. And then they realized that they needed to make some boundaries. So the guy now works on the top floor, and the girl works on the bottom floor. And when they're working, they're not allowed to talk to each other at all. So I visited him when um, 
the guy stopped working and the girl was still working. And I said, what's up to the guy? And the girl just walks past me and him. I'm like, whoa, man, did you and the wife get in uh, a fight or something? And he's like, no, man, she's on the clock. I was like, so? Or she can't say what's up to you at least? He's like, no, no, no. When she's on the clock, we don't talk to each other. So that's their hard boundary. They both work from home, but during the during the hours that they're working, they don't talk to each other. What do you say that's necessary though? I think that's a bit overkillish. That's overkillish. Yeah, I think that was overkillish, but I like the idea though that at least one person was upstairs, the other person was downstairs. Because if you're just in the same room, you're just lying on your couch, just giggling away, it's gonna eventually affect your career. I guarantee you, you're not gonna stay making 250k. Yeah, for these sure, are ambitious. For sure. Yeah, these are am- ambitious folks. You know, back in China, right when the lockdown happened, they were having much more divorces than they used to have before. Because people were spending too much time together. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> that happened here too, man. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. So man. Like, I love you, but I can't spend this much time around you. <laughs> <laughs> because if you think about it, I mean, prior to work from home, that was the boundary where one person goes to work, the other person goes to work. And during that moment, you're not seeing each other. So you get a chance to miss the other person. But if you're always around the person, then you don't get the chance to miss them. Mm, then they're for granted, you know. Yeah, this guy's always around. Like, what's his worth? I'm pretty sure in the future there's going to be some experiments done on what did work from home do for relationships? Did it build it or did it hurt it? Do you think there are going to be relationships in the future? Would you are you bullish on the concept? Yeah, I'm still bullish on the concept. I think that a lot of people are just going to build relationship with some kind of AI characters on, you know, some platform and pretty much not get married or something like that. You see that nowadays also where a lot of people, especially Western people and even Japanese people, they don't marry anymore. They don't know. They're not like going out and talking to girls. They're just like playing their video game and spending their money on these gadgets and jacking off to these hardcore pornography websites, and then they just die out. I'll be real, man. Like these are the stuff I see on the internet. But w- when I chill with a lot of people in the real world, most of them are married or in relationships or are at least talking to someone. I agree with you. I agree with you. But in Japan, right? In the I future, mean, you're testing. Mm-hmm. Even now, like if you let me tell you a statistics, okay? I'm gonna search for this. It's called Hikomori in Japan. Called Herbie Wood okay. Man. Do, do I want to know about this? Yeah, you can have a look, but let me find. I want to find how many people there are. Yeah, there's like over half a million people, like 600 to 700,000 people in 2019 who are hikomoris. That means they don't go out of their house, they spend all of their day inside their house. And they basically play video games and what have you. And when you say, when you go out and meet people, I mean, you're not going to go out and meet a Hikamori guy, are you? Because like, that guy is not going They're out. So, right. But it, it does exist. And you see them and taking over in the future? I don't see them taking over. I see more people becoming like them, but they're not taking over anything. But do you think that concept is going to eventually make relationships invalid? 
it's going to make it rarer in the sense that women will still need relationships you know women are not the type of creatures who can be alone in their house forever which means that it's going to be something like that that let's say that there's 100 men okay 40 of them will become this hikomori type who will stay indoors die out you know watch porn for the rest of their life and die of the remaining 60 maybe 20 will just survive you know they won't they'll be doing some kind of base job they won't have the iq to do something else and the remaining 40 will have 2 to 2.5 women each and maybe like the top 1% could have like 10 women i doubt monogamy is going to survive this i i would be very surprised if people still have monogamous relationships in 100 years i mean i would not be alive to see this thing in 100 years but i do believe that monogamy is slowly dying do you plan to have more than one wife no did you think about that of course i mean you i would if i could <laughs> wait hold on But hold I on can't. you plan to or you don't oh you don't okay okay i don't know man i i'm still not bullish on that i think in the in the future i do agree with you with the marriage aspect i, I think less people are going to get married not get the government involved but they're technically married just by their lifestyle choices but i do believe that relationships are still going to be a concept um, i don't think i know yeah I, and you said the same thing but i don't think the, these um it's going to die down and i don't think polygamy is ever going to overtake monogamy even nowadays bro like think about these guys that we say we just in a very blanket sort of way say the top 1% of guys has 10 girls who who like sticks out as a 1% guy at this moment i know I say, quite a few people yeah i would say like a guy like elon musk um i don't really know so if those he's are the like guys you know about those are the types you know about okay okay so you're saying behind the scenes a lot of these guys have 10 girls i mean have you never dated more than one girl at once probably you I have right yeah well Let, let's be clear right now are we just talking about dating around or in a relationship with because those are two dating very around. different dating things around, around. yeah man i mean th- that's something that we agree with but do you think in the future one guy is going to have four relationships because that's the way i'm thinking yes. about it what yes, you're saying yes yes in the future you think yes. so okay yeah, because think okay. about it from the girls perspective. and are the four relationships going to know each other hey your audio is a little down how about now okay it's good it's good now Yeah, the four relationships are going to know each other in the sense that think about it from a girl's perspective okay like i told you we are seeing a skimming of the middle class where people are either becoming rich or poor right now as a girl would you rather be the second wife of a rich guy or the main wife of some guy who can barely survive you know probably the second wife of a rich guy you know eventually it's not going to be stigmatized anymore nowadays you know second wife is like stigmatized you're the second wife not as important you know subhuman but in the future as it becomes more normalized it's going it's going to be a thing but is this girl uh, making money though that that's also another big thing i doubt I, it i doubt it yeah, well, let's say l- l- let's say she's making $50,000 in like a hr job or something and then i think she'll choose the guy that's barely surviving cuz they could be dinked together at this point versus being second to another girl cuz girls are jealous you got to understand that I so I think, think I think she would choose the guy that's barely surviving versus the Bolin guy who'll make her the second wife. I would disagree on that. Disagree with that. I mean it it's it, I think that there are some women who will go I, I think it depends on the woman. 
but i do think there's plenty of women who will choose the second the first guy like you know the rich guy be like i want this guy who's jacked and fit and what have you even if he's got another good because you know that's the things i want you know I, you have one life to live right and mm-hmm. you're not like, trying to optimize for the world you're like okay what would give me the best life possible would it be with this guy who barely makes any money or with this rich jacked guy with quite a bit of cash you get okay. me I see where you're coming from. It'll be an interesting future that we're headed towards. Yeah, because right now, right, the way if you take the West itself, monogamy isn't really a thing thing in young people nowadays. There are many places where you don't even date; you just go and hook up. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming very normalized. And at some point, you will have many places where. the concept of marriage just doesn't exist anymore but like why would you get married like why would you do that with these high divorce rates or these costs etc where you can just keep dating a lot of girls and i doubt successful men are going to be like okay let me get married like that sounds like a smart idea where i can marry a girl who's been fucked by 50 guys in college and she's going to be the one and only when i have money and i can have any girl i want like i know that's not going to be the choice right they're so what do you think they're going to they're going to okay, okay yeah it's going to be the whole situation i described where they have multiple wives basically multiple. but they haven't married them okay. and then they can tell the government like hey these we're all single we need unemployment or some benefits or what have you but what you're still describing is the minority then right where you're talking about the top 1% guys cuz i could see yes. that okay uh, initially i thought you were talking about a good amount of the population which i don't see that happening i would say for the most of the population uh, they're going to get married either formally or informally where they're going to um either get the government involved or they're just going to find one partner and just be with them um especially by the time you hit 30 to 40. If you're like a 40-year-old guy and you're thinking about having kids, I don't know if you want four to five different wives to juggle with. Um you can if you're like a Nick Cannon sort of guy, but he's an outlier. Uh, but for the most part, um the general public, if that's what we're talking, I see them finding that one person and building a relationship with them until uh, something can wither that away like a divorce. agreed i think the first step that's going to happen is that the bottom 20% of men will be unable to find any woman and the top 1 2% of men will have more than one woman that's the first step where society will start significantly collapsing we are getting there already okay i'm pretty what- sure you know many guys who date many women at a time who are in the top 1% and you know many guys in the bottom 20% who can't find a single woman i do know that dating though like i'm pretty sure me and you are looking at dating and relationships in a different way cuz dating when i think of that i feel as though in the beginning stages you're supposed to date cuz you can't just meet someone and be like okay i'm in a relationship so that's the purpose you, you date around and then when you find the person you get in a relationship The general point I do agree with you though where I know guys that can pull five girls just one night out or there's a guy that hasn't pulled a girl in 5 years. Uh, so th- there's definitely a discrepancy there. After that what do you see happening? You said the bottom percent's not going to get girls. 
the top person is going to get two. What's your women version of this? Are you with saying the like the top one? Version, yeah. With the women version, it's going to be like, it's a bit hard to predict because with women, there are a little predict. more factors in the sense, mm -hmm. if you're a successful woman, right? You're the top 1% of women, you're likely to be single. Because women, you would want to be in a relationship with a guy who is better than you. And if you're not top 1%, well, the type of people better than you are the type of people who are unwilling to be monogamous. You get me? Mm -hmm. So these are the, the, the top women are likely to be single. The middle-ish women are likely to be, you know, find a one-on-one -on -one partner with somebody. And quite a bit of women will become like the second wife or, you know, the second girl, third girl, etc., etc. It's interesting to see. I think a lot of women will also devolve into extreme versions of feminism. I, I don't I don't mean to sound doomsday-ish or something. I think it's going to be very profitable when that happens because these people have money and they spend it. But I'm just telling you the trend as it is. And it seems like it's going to be this way. Do you see that a lot? Do you see a lot of hardcore feminists at this point? Don't you? I Not see hardcore, it. but you see vocal feminism nowadays, don't you? Yeah, yeah. For my crew, though, I may be somewhat insulated. I don't see that too much, uh, but that's because a lot large group that I hang out with are daisies, and daisies here have not been too infected with anything too radical. But you are right. I, I notice when you're single, you're more likely to be a feminist versus when you're in a relationship, you start to understand a more holistic view. And a lot of my friends at this point are married. Interesting. I did, will did you say, notice that? A lot of my friends are not married, so I haven't noticed that. But I do agree with you about women changing a lot of their opinions after they marry. Like I've noticed that in a lot of my clients also where the girl will go from being a feminist to suddenly being like, hey, no, no, no. Like all, all the money is my money. The government shouldn't be taking any of it. Yeah, exactly. And another dynamic I've noticed, Harsh, is that these guys that hate their parents a lot, once they get married, they hate their parents less. You understand, you know, the choices they made and why they made. See, when you're a kid, you kind of expect your parents to know everything, you know. Like, how can they have made that mistake? It must be intentional. They must hate me, they're assholes. But when you mm -hmm. have a kid yourself, you're a bit like, Okay, I don't know shit. I have to do this kid by myself. Not well equipped for this. I can figure it out. And that's probably what my parents did. And if they made a mistake, it was probably because of a lack of knowledge and not because of malicious intent. I see. Are, do you guys communicate a lot, uh, you and your parents? Is it easy to? Oh, yeah, it's very, very easy. Very okay. easy. So here's one thing I've noticed with um, in the U.S., especially with immigrant families, where in a lot of American families, the kids don't, let's say, like a parent because a parent wasn't there for them. They weren't physically present. Where with immigrant families, the parents are always physically present, but certain immigrant kids dislike their parents. I'll ask them why. They're like, well, my parents never listened. And I thought about this. I was like, why are they saying that? It's because the parents are still speaking their mother tongue a lot and the kid is speaking English. And nowadays, every now and then, the kid will try to speak their mother tongue, but they can't really express themselves that well. 
And then the parents hear something else. And then there's this loss of uh, information. And this is leading to a lot of resentment. The parents feel like the kid isn't listening. The kid doesn't feel like the parent is listening. And years go like this, dude, where they go to the same events together, but they don't like each other. Well, the parents love the kid, but the kid doesn't like the parents. And then one day they have, uh, let's say they get married and have kids. Now they understand the parents. But that could take some time, you see? So that's one thing I've noticed. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure you speak Hindi very well. Uh, you could express yourself very well via that language. Because that's your of original course. tongue. Yeah, it's my original tongue. I learned English much later in life. Arman, yeah, I have to get going. You got to get uh, going. Okay, do we yeah, have any questions? That. Um, we will bring up the questions next time because my computer's acting up. Um, sounds good? Awesome. Sounds good. If you guys have any questions, leave them in the comments. We will address them next time. And we'll see you in one month. Have a great day and see ya. Go on. All right. Take care. No, I said one month. One month. Bye. Take care.